What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Power Stroke Tech Talk podcast number seven. We have DS Trucks up here in the top left, and we have Matt down here on the bottom. Welcome back, everybody. Um, like I said, this is the seventh one. Uh, we were going through the comments of uh, some of the past podcasts to see what uh, you know everybody was talking about, what what people you know, have been just kind of rummaging around through with their, with their comments as, you know, uh, what they're doing to their trucks, what they didn't like about the podcast, what they wanted to add, what they want to see, yada, yada. Um, we're going to put uh, everybody's social media links in the description, um, a link to my email. And if you want to get on the podcast, make sure to reach out to me and we'll put you in queue. So I know Matt's queued up here. He's got some stuff he was looking uh, through the comments on uh, oh, last we got podcast. A lot of five. I Rattle think we had, I was going through a couple of them. There's, there's some from like, there's some suspension things about people asking um, some stuff with like steering wheel oscillations. Cause we can't call it the other thing. <laughs> That's wobble. <clears throat> um, there was someone asking about like undercoating and stuff. So mm -hmm. I think someone even asked about like Kelderman suspension, like the guys that do the whole airbag setup. Mm, wow, so. Yeah. Wow. I think I remember. I think I remember. Oh, I wanted to add, um, I just want to talk briefly and a little bit um, about two sweet jump packs that I got. I have an upcoming video uh, that I made at work talking about these two and a couple of other ones that I've had in the past um, and just kind of, you know, it's getting cold weather season and, you know, we're going to need to start looking for jump packs and so on. So. Um, wow, man. Are you guys cold those, weather guys? You guys those like are cold? Pretty... Do, you, do you like the cold weather? Yeah, I'm I do. Tired I'm, of it. It's I right. like it. I, I actually am a little disappointed. You don't, that it's like not to cold. Like go, you don't like to go like ski or snowmobile or something? No. 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 That's boring. No. It's weird. I've never seen such a good state for it. It's so it's so weird. I've never skied ever. No, me either. I mean, you guys have like a handful of places around you you can go to too I'm, I'm a little disappointed like where downtown detroit there's an ice skating rink that's about all we <laughs> no, got oh no you guys got like pine knob <laughs> you got brighton you got all those places over there yeah downtown detroit there's an ice rink um no no maybe don't. i'll go to pine knob tomorrow i think you you go might have it. a go lot more go you've got it. a lot more how where's pine knob from here like where is that like dte energy uh, music theater like that big old oh, hill that's over there that's out by me i never even knew that that yeah. people are ice skating down that or or ice skiing or whatever ice skiing yep i mean where we well, are yeah, you're <laughs> I'm, dude it's been it's been so warm dude it's been so warm i just i, I need this my buddy's up change. north right now he was texting me he said that's mad snow right now i'm like oh Man. I would love oh, we, that. I wanted the weather change. It's it's ball joint and steering season now, boys. Oh, no, you know man. what it really is? It's tank heater season right now. It is definitely. I've done three, two this week. I got one to do on Monday. Yeah, I did one last week. You guys want the biggest life hack for doing tank heaters? Bring the truck in the night before, then you don't have to freeze your hands off. Oh, most definitely. Are you kidding me? Whoa, there's a tank heater on the six sevens, or I didn't know this. What percentage? Yep. Excuse me. What percentage? This is be for uh, for all the other techs out there besides Matt and myself. What percentage of tank heaters do you do pickup versus cab chassis? Do you do more of one or more of the other? Like I, I think, I think I probably do more cab chassis than pick up like if i were to I, think i would say the same and my favorite ones to do are our catches that have yeah especially when they have a dump bed on them or oh it's an yeah. Tank. yeah yeah yeah, oh. yeah yeah oh i love me Most a good definitely. dump truck Most so this tank heater this easy the tank heater that warms up the fuel before it uh hits the no 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 you naughty naughty you teasing me no don't say nothing <laughs> Let's retract that statement and say that over again. What does the tank heater do? 
what tank uh, would we be talking about? You could be talking about the diesel exhaust fluid, or you could Correct. be talking about the fuel. I don't know. Is it nope, for the it is in fluid? your def tank. Oh, except, no. except that, ours is different than what we're talking about. Ours is the new, 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 right. updated style. Did they change it for 2020? Well, it's like the same as it's a little different. It's still but, got the jellyfish at the bottom of the tank. Yeah, it's still got the jellyfish, but um, I think the reductant quality module and like the dosing module is different comparing between like 17, 18, and 19 than to 20. But uh, I saw a cab chassis that didn't have anything on the back. And I mean, the def tank looked different than oh, okay. the normal def tanks that I saw. But yeah. speaking of which, I made a video. It's coming up here uh, in the next, um, actually, probably literally right at the end of the year. Uh, probably one of my last videos for the end of the year. Um, have you ever had an Illumiduty with a P203B where you had to reprogram the urea sensor? The, the quality module? Yeah, with a handheld little black box. We, uh, I don't think, we've had, had I don't do think we've had one in yet. But we got the box in like what August? I don't know what we I, got. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't we think we it. I don't even think we've used it yet. Wow, yeah. Well, I was the first to use it because you had to pull the little sticker out of the battery door. And I mean, it was pretty cool, like hooking this. I mean, not that it was a big deal, but you know, you're hooking something up. You're not turning the key on. You're not hooking to the OBD. You're flipping this switch. Yeah, you using a nine volt battery. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it literally took, it says wait 60 seconds, but I mean, it, it took probably 30 seconds, literally. Um, so I wanted to show it. It was an easy repair. I mean, if somebody gets out in the field or, you know, if it was, you know, Sean, for instance, and he was, you know, Mr. Landscaper dude and had this come on with his truck, it's not something you're going to fix up at the shop. You, you know, have I mean, to. Would, take you, it to the would you agree on like the, the new aluminum trucks? You don't really see as many death concerns as we did with previous. Uh, like the first I will say. Gens. I will yeah. say that I've heard that they've made so many updates, man. Like the pumps, the deaf pumps used to be noisy. And now they're not. I might have uh, even seen that. I might have heard they, that from you guys, to be honest. They I traded that off for the injector being louder than heck for the first couple years. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember where I saw That's that. I don't work. know if it was you no, guys. But as, far as, as far as like heater failures seems like it's more knox related i know i don't know i've done way more i have i think i've had like cab chassis problems two or three 17 or 18 pickups that i had to replace the whole um like the whole scr i guess you could call it if you wanted to but like the whole def tank harness and the tank itself because it had water in it Mm. And the wires were just greener than could be. I had a a cab chassis, so it had it was you know like an eleven through sixteen body style, <clears throat> and it had a what kind of body would you call that? I guess it would be service like a body. it would be like a, like yeah service body utility body. It had a bunch of doors and everything. <clears throat> uh, it was yeah. a super long one, and uh, I mean super long, but like the the frame had been extended, you know, it was like the real long six and like, mm-hmm. God damn. Um, so whoever did the upfit didn't tighten like the generic hose that they cobbled together to go from the side of the service body all the way over the frame and over, you know, a cross member and, you know, wasn't going down the whole time. It was kind of going up well, regardless, it, it was allowing dirt. I took this def tank down and there was literally so much mud and muck and sediment. Like it was it was it was pretty nasty. And the guy um didn't know how it got in there. Obviously, you know, I kind of was trying to piece a story together and he was oh my gosh, this I hadn't had any idea that this was, you know, you know, happening this while I was driving. So it was you know, something we had to re well, did I replace a tank? I think I cleaned the tank, but I had to replace, you know, all the guts and the line, the injector, blah, blah, blah. And I haven't seen them ever back again, but it's 
you know, some of these repairs, I, I think, you know, I can't say that the deaf heater senders are going to be, you know, this replacement that we've been doing is caused for contamination. It's like, I think some of the other deaf repairs that we do, like if we do pumps and I don't know. Dude, it's weird. Cause there's one, there's like one specific company that I will do or like our store collectively will do pumps on more than any other company and really? their fleet isn't much bigger than anyone else's and we haven't we don't know why well it's, it's like probably why, their their deaf cleanliness is probably it could be shit. because i they they have a pretty yeah i mean they do have a large they have a large fleet so it are they their deaf quality is taking pumps out are they doing it uh in a 50 gallon drum or they i, I have no clue. they could be and going actually, through they that could be could going be a to good, a truck stop. Uh, that no. could be a good conversation to have with them because you know it's it seems like once a month we have one of their trucks coming in and someone one of us ends up putting a pump on it. There's even like the TSB out for it, so I don't know if it's just it's in between a certain model year of you know pumps that were on trucks that time, but you know I. So we had to change some camera angles here, but uh, we got some bodybuilder. No, 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 no. This had to go back to the to the aluminum trucks because I said, I said I d we don't really replace a lot of deaf things. How often do you have a aluminum truck come in that's got a body on it? It's a cabin chassis. It's got something on the back, and it's got uh, reductant pressure codes, like an overpressure code and a heater circuit open code. How on an aluminum duty? Yeah, like oh, not. I don't. I don't. I don't think I ever get deaf, deaf problems on the uh, newer Luma duties. Except the for only I've had it happen. Well, usually have it happen when a new truck comes in, or someone has just gotten their truck, because the bodybuilder took a U-bolt and neglected to see the death line on the left frame rail, oh. and didn't throw it under the line and just smashes it straight into the frame. Yeah. Yeah. Remember I made that video where I saw it was an upfitter for a dump truck and they, the bolts that they ran through the frame that secured their bracket to the side of the frame had, they didn't look on the other side and it went like right on the after treatment harness. And so this harness sat here on the bolt and was like, you know what else grinds my gears? When you're what like, oh hey, I'm gonna do a tank heater. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the bracket down. You can't because oh, there's yeah. either a toolbox oh, up against yeah. it or they put yeah. a bracket over the bolt or something. That grinds my gears. That's exactly what I have to do on Monday. Is that on a? It's a. It's not a dump truck, but it's like a dump stake bed. You know what I mean? So they could put like a salter spreader in it, but it's got sides and shit. You know what I mean? Right. That's right. actually Flat. my. Yeah. Whenever I tell people to buy. Like, I don't know if I want a dump truck or a flatbed because they landscape and they need something to like haul, you know, stones or pallets of pavers around or whatever. I'm like, well, right, right. Why don't you get a steak body tipper. And they're like, what? They make those? I'm like, yeah, it's like a dump bed, but you can take the sides off. Right. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Or you can get like a swap <laughs> and or a, a hook loader. But Sean, you could what take, up? you could take the bed off your truck and put yeah. a custom tipper on yours. I thought about that. That would be G, man. Um, yeah, I've seen them. They have like single rear wheel custom beds available. Mem can... Remember that fab place that said that they were going to hook you up or do... Yeah, I, yeah. That would be I'm so... Make, I'm going to get Sean in connection with our commercial sales guys or just any of the upfitters we deal with because they're really like... I, I like those guys. I was I was thinking it wouldn't be a bad idea for me to trade in my six two four seven three. It's not a terrible idea. Uh, I'd probably keep the six two for now. I'm just for the social media aspect. There's nothing wrong with the six two, but yeah, no, I I I could see that. The, I wouldn't the be seven three. Idea. The seven three is hot as far as YouTube. I don't think I need. Do you think you driving your six two every the, day more than your four fifty or no? No, I'm not driving it every day right now i could if i wanted to but i mean i got the 450 so it why drives don't you good. trade in the 450 for 
a 600? Uh, Ooh. It's too big. Because that has a 7. It's not any bigger than what you're driving now. It's not? No. The, the it's, probably frame gear, it, it's probably geared too, too, too much. No, I think it runs like a 450... Or, or 50 anything something. more than 430 is probably too much like you guys heard how much uh rpm i'm at I get, you want rpm get a 488 and i don't take it on want the highway. i don't i don't want any more rpm <laughs> you know I, it's already thousand rpm yeah it's already buzzing you know i'm amazed no one has asked about the um who that the the three two or the three liter really Oh yeah, those things are not not fun to work on whatsoever. They uh, they are not. They're very. Aren't they very different from like a six seven? Well, the three well, two. They're European. Yeah, the three two Puma is a five cylinder, and the three liter, the little. We were the, talking about the, the, three, dude, the three the three two. If you could find, like I that would, would be a good. A you wouldn't want to drop it in like a fox body and take it to the strip. Hell no. Why? They're slow. They're not fast. Hell no. A 3.2? Have you ever driven one? You ain't going to catch me up in one except for working on it and trying to make warranty repairs. Why Dude, they those are... things zip. What uh? What? What are the specifications of it? It doesn't matter. Dog, those little diesel dog, transits can get dog. it. The transits? No. I would yeah, like, you know what? I it. would like to see, I mean, not that I would really want to see it but just to see somebody delete a, a 3-2 like do you think people are deleting 3-2s I've never seen one I don't know have you guys ever seen a deleted 3-2 probably not like, if they're in transits what other vehicle is they it sound, in? they sound really cool I don't know I hear them right now little, in, little inline 5 Mm-mm. not doing it for me and even of the 3 liter like I hate not. not I don't hate these people i just hate to see the situation that they get themselves in it's like dude you might as well have bought like a super duty at that point for real you over because of the cost oh my gosh no it's literally cost you are you talking about like f-150 guys yeah yeah well i've seen all the things that i've seen on the engine i don't know about mechanical wise but as far as specifications go they get good mpg but they are slow. They, they do don't not get that. That's not will, that good. I mean, it's okay, but it's not good enough to be like. I mean, you get pretty good with a two seven or or a three five. But I, I think they get what like high twenties. Very very surprised. They're they don't really they don't really get what they're advertised. They don't really get what they're advertised. No. I don't want to talk bad about my product, but I just really don't. Care. I don't see the need for it. Mm-mm. What should have left I, it over in the European market? When, when America's I see it, is not what they want. It's not. I, something I, they only did it because they Dodge had to do it. it. Yeah, because it's not something that it's not something that's new. They they've got the engine off the shelf and just kind of shoved it in the F one fifty. It's not like they came out with something. Well, totally it wasn't even an there. engine that they used. It was a Land Rover engine that they developed. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I, maybe they felt like they needed a competitor against the eco diesel that's in the Ram. Just, I mean, there's some markets that should be just left untapped, honestly. You know what, though? They're complicated, man. When they come down the line, the wiring's all heavy. It's got a lot of components that are like heavier duty just to go. But the engine itself, isn't that, isn't that uh, engine driven off the timing belt? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So it's not two. really well. Technically, okay. Not I shouldn't the say chain? two timing belts. No, it has. It's a. It's a belt in the front, and then there's a rear accessory drive belt for the fuel pump, which is no, a serviceable item that only has a service life of 125,000 miles. Oh, for you, you, like you have two options to change that belt. You can pull the trans out and barely see what you're doing, or you can pull the cab off the truck. It doesn't seem like a really a heavy duty engine. I'll say this. When I was at training a year ago, um, the focus of it was on the 6.7 and the 3.0-liter. And I'm like, why are you guys doing it on the 3.0-liter? This seems like it's only going to be out for about two or three years. And they're like, no, they're, that thing's going to be out for a while. So that's why uh, we're doing training on it. The 3.0-liter? Yeah. Mm. 
Mm. I wouldn't buy that. Because I mean, yeah, just... it's it's belt driven, and I, I can't imagine what the that service sales on the timing those. belt is. I, I can't imagine. I don't. That. I don't even think we really sell that many of them. I don't oh, think. Man. I don't think it's really meant to be really high volume. It's just an option. How just many? I mean, how many of those do you see roll down the line when you guys are building them? Um, I don't know where I'm at. I don't really know, but I think when it first came out. I would see the badge a couple times a day. Okay. Couple, maybe like five or six a day. Okay, now, so we have to do the math of one every minute out the back door, and you're only seeing it five or six times a day. Well, they may they may do what six hundred trucks a ship, right. three ships a day. Some days there, some days are different. Some days you might get two. Some days you might get five. Have yeah, you it ever, just all comes down to orders and everything. Have you ever done that recall for the EGR cooler bypass? I personally have not done it, but <clears throat> we had a guy that was doing them and he hated it. I've done 15 of them. I got 16 after the new year. Yeah, I think he had, <clears throat> dude, he had stacks. Yeah. Like little stacks of them. Yeah. Because he had to do all the ones that were on the lot, and then yep. we had a bunch of them come in. So I, he probably did, yeah, like 15 or 16. Yep. I'd say 15 to 20 of them he's, he probably did when he was with us. There I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Joni Baloney for providing tonight's um, cookie snacks for us. The, the other thing that has blown my mind lately that I – I don't know if it's the technology. I don't know if it's like tariffs that we have on aluminum or because a lot of that comes from Canada. Why the hell does a 2021 F-150 XLT, no leather, no Vista, no frills, cost $57,000? Is that the base model? Crew cab? What is that? Dude, it was just a crew cab with cloth interior. XLT or XL? XLT. How much oh. more is that from the previous year? I is think like a increase? ridiculous amount. It's probably more related to. And it well, was just two, a. It was just a three five. There's two. Like well, I thought okay. I would have had a diesel or something. Three five. That's why no, so no, no. Three five is not that expensive of an option, but it is a, one of the top dog options. Like that three five is no joke. You know the three five Eagle Boost is no joke. Um, the two sevens more the base engine, but there's the three point three. I don't know if they're still running the three point three in twenty twenty one. But isn't that the uh, isn't the three three going to be their just naturally aspirated engine? They're naturally aspirated, uh, direct injected um, engine. It's kind of it, no one. They, it's very low production, very very low production. Yeah. So you could almost just say the two sevens are entry level engine, but the three five is only. I don't know about the 2021, but it's only like 1,800 bucks of an upgrade. But it's it's their higher end. It's above the 5.0 as far as performance, as far as price. After having but, both, what would you what would you want to have? A 2.7 or a 3.5? A 3.5 or a 5.0. A 3.5. Really? Yeah, because the torque on the 3.5 driving the 3.5 is much more power than even even my 450 even though the so, 450 it puts power I, down power I think to weight you're just feeling seat of the pants dyno because of the way yeah the definitely. power comes on because of the turbos yeah. oh most definitely 100 well, yeah. well here's the thing about the turbos you have the are the turbos small, on are those vgt turbos they're not are they not no, on you have, gen no, two no. right so you're just getting you're no. just feeling the boost ramp no, more than anything no but here's the thing about the turbos you have two small turbos right on the side of the engines on the engine so you don't have like a six seven's got a bigger turbo mm-hmm. right but the eco boost implements two small turbos so they spool up fast and they have the benefits of a bigger turbo because they just work together so i mean we could get into the nitty gritty of boost and all that and air density. I don't know. I think that design that the three five and the two seven implement is a superior design as far as as far as turbos are concerned because 
you know, there's always a drawback to a bigger turbo. There's always a drawback to a smaller turbo. But if you have two small turbos that work together at the same time, that's kind of a better design, in my opinion. I mean, we well, can talk I'll, about the genius fact that Ford went with reverse flow heads on the 6.7. I wonder, now that's, here's the thing. Is reverse flow heads better than the EcoBoost layout? What a, what it depends a, on application, but as far there as is, There is, there is, uh, you, could, you could bring up heat management, but the downside is those sharp turns that the air has to make in order to flow through that reverse flow design. So it know, doesn't good care. Design. It doesn't care. True. But I mean, the, it's, it's just going dude. the man. The other thing is like the manifolds on a six, seven are almost comical. Same with the exhaust ports. It makes me laugh that they can get that much power. Out of them. Here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> the one, the one big turbo versus the design. But it's, it's a, it's a VGT turbo in the is AR it? is actually, they, I think when I looked at the aspect ratio. On a 6.7 it is? or Yeah. A-Rod, isn't the aspect ratio on 6.7 is pretty small? Like it's a 0. 0.86. Uh, so, I mean, dude, those things spool quick. I think it is. I think. Yeah, but I don't, like I wonder, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to which one would spool faster, regardless of which fuel type we're talking about. But I wouldn't be surprised if a 3.5 EcoBoost could spool faster than a 6.7. I mean, what spooling is, I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Like VGT turbos, I think they're awesome. I, I, I really would be interested in what design is superior because like you say, 6.7 has better thermal performance because the heat is kept the up top. Four, the 6.4 had, what, twins, compounds. And when Ford yeah, right, right, right. They didn't do that for a reason. Well, that was a good design as far as performance, but it wasn't as reliable. But I will say, I but that's not doubt, what the, I doubt Ford is going to go to a twin setup on their diesel trucks but, that are going to idle a lot because then you just have more oiling demands and everything. Yeah, maybe, but they would have to be smaller turbos, so it wouldn't be. I don't know where you'd put oily. them. Honest, I don't know where you'd put them. Well, if you're talking like that, then the whole layout would be different be, than how it is now, and it. They'd have to go know, with like a. Seven. They'd have to do a post pistons. Like the six, the six engine. seven's got so much more sh- more stuff under the hood, so it probably wouldn't be no room. It's got all but kinds the, of coolers. I mean, we've and... we've obviously seen people do it, but they're running race trucks and they stick the however many yeah, extra they turbos they're going to add. They throw it over where the EGR cooler would have been on the uh, passenger side valve cover. Well, one point about that design is you can you could integrate the exhaust manifolds like on the two seven, how they were integrated into the head that saves a lot of room. So uh, that... it does, but heady folds do, but they don't, they make the top of the engine very, very bulky. Right. Right. Well, that whole reverse flows design on the six, seven is pretty bulky. Uh, I mean, true. isn't I mean, like that is that... a wide engine, but it's still but a six, seven. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, let's just look at the power numbers on the two seven, and what if you made that much power per cubic inch, and it was six point seven liters? You you can't use that as an argument anymore, right? It doesn't it doesn't scale up like that. No, and we could bring like literally one of my favorite human beings to walk the earth, Gail Banks. I praise you and your knowledge of everything, because he was saying, you know, back in the day, there's no resp- there's no replacement for displacement. Right. But now we're going to forced induction and smaller displacement. There's your replacement. Right, How right. How can we get Gail Banks on the podcast? I don't think that would ever happen. I, I wouldn't feel worried. It, it might happen. I wouldn't either, for sure. But it might happen if you hit like a like 200K subscribers, then you could uh, – you gotta hurry up. We'd have to. Up there. We'd have to talk about like Duramaxes or something. I got a Ford engineer who wants to get on the podcast. I'm kind of excited yes. about that. So, Gail Banks truck, is he a truck engineer? The six seven. He is in charge of the six seven group. Ooh, I might have an idea of who you're talking about then, but I'm so, not going to name drop. So, so we'll see. I don't know if. Uh, 
if it's going to go down, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> I had reached out to him and then told him, you know, what I got going on and actually had to look at his son's truck. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's the cool thing is you guys get like, just because of where your store is located, you probably get a lot of cool people coming in there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I will say at, well, he still is a customer of ours. The, um, well, now former CEO of Ford is a customer of ours because he's... Oh, wow. The hatchet yep. guy? Shh, you can't say that. Is he, is he pretty cool? You got to cut that out. You have to cut that out. No, we don't. I'll write, I'll write a note. It's, a, it's the United States. You can say that. Yeah, it's I'm just USA. not trying to take heat. You're not going to take any heat from that guy, <laughs> no, but... What's that he particular, do? that particular individual, Jeez, man. You don't have to. You know what? That. Just you know what? He's not even. He's not even. Aaron, with Aaron just just cut out. With just the, cut out me even, even saying that we have Hackett's vehicles in our store all the time. <laughs> he's just not cut even. Cut that out. Cut it all out. We're not talking not about it anymore. <laughs> hey, we know you're on this podcast. We don't want you to say where we are, because that DeVos isn't going to give us fucking any more money. Oh my God! Now you know what? Really hey, you, you you brought up Gail Banks. Gail Banks is cool with me and Am and Amsoil. He's cool with you and Amsoil, or he's, he's cool? pushing. He's pushing Amsoil hardcore, oh, oh, bro. Oh, oh, oh. He's not pushing Motorcraft. He's pushing Amsoil so hard. Well, like, yeah, that's because Motorcraft? he's Gail Banks. He has a giant engineering god that supplies the military with its engine for their MRAPs. That's pretty deep. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking about making the Amsoil. He thinks the he's the cat's deep. pajamas. What, what do we got in there? Bit. Yeah. Pull uh, that out. What's what's pull in that here? Out. Nothing Show really. Us. Now I want to no, know what what's, is, what the heck is this, is, this dealer this kit? Has, yeah, what's an Amsoil dealer kit? What's in the snake oil kit? Come on. There's <laughs> a lot of snake oil. Well, in they give you some. They give you oil. I was. I became a dealer. I became a dealer, and then I'm like, look at all this snake oil. I don't know. Um. They gave me a bunch Dude, of stuff. There's a gave... lot of snake oil out there. Is they anybody some... a chiropractor? I feel like I need like an adjustment <laughs> they gave me some, or something. Some, some metal protector spray, which isn't that good. <sighs> Why? So they can make your back even more sore. You have to come back in a couple days. No, I just cycle continues. I just oh, had my like... lady crack my back for me. Really? Gasoline. The heck? Uh, what the heck octane. is that? Dude, Gasoline you want to talk performance improver? Do you ever oh. see, do you ever go to the hardware store? I know. And you, you know, like the, I think VP. Quick VP shot. Gasoline makes it. treatment. I think like a couple different companies make the pre-mix gasoline in a can. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see that. You ever see people staring at it and they wait for you to clear the aisle because they don't want to be embarrassed that they're buying it for like, like what do I get? For like what, $24. What are, you, what are you talking about? Pre-mix gasoline in a can. You mean like two stroke? Yeah, like the two stroke, two stroke, fifty to one premix, but it has gasoline people, in it. People are buying it. To, scared? So, what do you mean, dude? Who's like scared? Show? You'll, 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 you'll be sitting in the aisle, and you're like, "Who the hell would ever buy that?" And you know the guy. You know, you know the guy can read your thoughts because he's about to grab it. He's like, he's like, I don't know if I want to buy this with him looking at me right now. <laughs> I don't want him to know that I can't. I don't know how to mix gas. He's, have, he's I've I've picked that stuff up and I'm like, why man? I look, bro, this is what I'm running. Red Max two stroke, five gallons at a time. Oh, is that a quart or, or is it smaller? Have we, smaller, have we talked right? about this before? What TA three fifty seven is? Uh, uh no. It's I know what Loctite. it is. Yeah, they just put it their sticker on it. It's what? The yeah. RTV. That they use to seal almost everything now. Oh, you did bring by that the up a couple, couple weeks ago. You brought that up. Yeah, we peeled the sticker off. I seen. Did you send me a snap? Uh, not a snap. Uh, like an Instagram post of somebody doing that. Yeah, and then of course I net like me being a freaking ping pong brain sprinted okay. my pile okay. of them and had to peel the sticker um, off, and I was freaking out. And did it say I'm Loctite? Yeah, it's it, dude. It's a Loctite tube. No kidding. I'm glad you I've brought always, that up. I've always though. thought it was strange that all the other motorcraft things of RTV don't have that little plastic cap on the top, the little one to like cap it off. 
Like, there's no way that's a Ford thing. And I've always I'm, thought that. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, it's like, I want to run Motorcraft 100%, but they're not going to partner with me. Like, Amsoil will partner with me. I can become a dealer or whatever. I can get a link. I can share that. Motorcraft ain't going to do that for me. So I almost want to just run, you know, some Amsoil in it because I like Amsoil. It's high, high quality stuff. Their oil analysis and their products I mean, are good. Their oil is good. We got trucks with, you know, seven threes get to a million miles and they're running all motorcraft. We got six sevens that are, you know, high 400s, high 500,000 miles. Oh, yeah, yeah but you know what? You know what, too, though? Our little birdie told me that there's some forward heavy-duty trucks that run motorcraft and blow turbos. Have issues. You know, the ones that work hard, you know, they run the blend. They don't run the motorcraft synthetic. Now, if you're going to run the motorcraft 5W40 uh, synthetic, then maybe that's a different wow. story. How, what, what trucks are blowing turbos? I don't know. Some kind of failures of just, just oil failures, like everything the oil touches. The only failures I see are they're getting too hot and they're fracturing the turbine wheel. Like a like coolant, like they don't like they had a coolant loss. How they get too hot? Like not from coolant loss. The oil. heat management was causing overspeed. So the oil but... failed at too. The oil failed because it was too hot. The oil got too hot. No, not, like it didn't, like the, it didn't over like, like that. The temperature inside the housing got too hot. Like they're they doing over... ten thousand mile oil changes and they're not shutting the shit off. And then they're coming in trying to get warranty work and and they have all the maintenance records and it's like, well, I don't think that these trucks should be doing. Okay. The miles are thrown out if you have that much idling because your miles won't ever get high. For example, you're doing 10,000 mile oil change. If I did a 10,000 mile oil change on my duty, I'd be on my second oil change. I probably would have blew my motor. I've had it for a couple of years. The way it's driven, it just doesn't rack up miles. It just it has more hours. It has more towing of short distances. The miles, if I I gotta have density in my business. I can't just be driving miles and miles all over the place. So. My oil life monitor, I think when I change my oil, my oil life monitor is usually at like 10 or 12% left. Those but are I'm not, supposed to calculate engine hours and load yeah. and everything. But my miles are usually half, if not less than half, used up according to the sticker. So if I run on a sticker, put on the window, I'll blow engines. But if I use a, I typically will change my oil like once a year and I'll be like 10% left and I'll run full synthetic because I'm only, I'm going a year anyway. So I'm going kind of far out as far as time, as far as, you know, time I'm in general. Big, I think I'm just a big every 5,000 guy. Yeah. But see, 5,000 for me might not be enough. At 5,000 miles, I've probably already done a couple of oil, maybe two, I don't know, two oil hmm. changes. Because I don't put 5,000 miles, I don't think. I, one time I went to buy a truck, and it had 250 miles on it. And he had a snowplow on it. He was trying to sell it. The guy was trying to sell it to me as new. I won't say the dealer. He was trying to sell it to me as a brand-new truck. But I could tell that the plow, the blade on the plow had been, like, worn down a little bit. It could have been had, one of their lot trucks. It was one of their lot trucks. Mm-hmm. But I, I, walked, I walked away from the deal because – they had the truck hidden in the back and I'm looking at those fancy looking clean ones up front and I was walking a lot and I was like, Hey, what about this truck? And he goes, Oh, this is the one, but we just didn't detail it yet. It was all dirty. It looked like it'd been worked. He goes, we're going to detail it first. And I'm like, dude, it's And then I looked at the miles. It had like 250 miles on it. But I'm like, so a lot of miles for, for it to be sold as a new truck. And it looks worn. It looks, you know, the plow looks worn out the hours were much higher than 250 miles worth of hours. It was like, yeah, you, you scraped your lot for 250 miles. <laughs> how, how many storms is that? That's the whole, <laughs> oh, that that's was like, four years ago. 
Yeah, that was like <laughs> <laughs> a couple. Snow, that was like two years of plowing. Well, I mean, I guess it, I guess it depends who their upfitter or bodybuilder is to that they get their plows from because they might drive it all the way across the state to get the plow put on and then drive it back. No, it was it was NBC and NBC is around the corner. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I don't, this um, kind of makes me want to go back to the turbo thing with the failures that we usually yeah, see on the yeah. cabin chassis. What do you think causes that? I'm gonna I've, find. Out. You know what I think. Because my thought it, has always been it's it's heat stress, but they overspeed. They I think it's, well, they usually overspeed too, and it just they can't handle the inertia. Well, maybe that's why Ford derates their cabin chassis trucks when they use a different maybe. turbo and they push less power because they're like, hey, we why are we gonna tune these trucks up more when they have more failures? But the maybe. service life of a work truck. A truck that's really used for work, it just doesn't do the mileage. So if they're gonna do their maintenance based on mileage, who knows what they're doing with their with their computer? And those big companies, like once the trip, maybe they're maybe they're resetting that trip computer. It's like oil change. Well, my miles, it's not enough miles. I mean, a lot of a lot of my customers are doing 30, 25, 30 k a year on their trucks. Yeah, some are. Yeah. I think my one. Thing, there was one I brought home to see if it one, had a steering. I mean, I think it was an eighteen. It already had a hundred and ten on it. So some are driving a lot of miles. Most of them are, because like we'll have. I'm trying to think, yeah, one oh. of our customers is like a telecommunications company. That's how they take their trucks all over the place. How much weight do they carry? They might be pushing close to gross vehicle. So they're at a high weight. They're 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 pretty much hauling. The whole time they're they're working they're doing they're doing what a super duty is supposed to do they're supposed to haul whatever you want wherever you want anytime and do it safely and do it comfortably and freaking look good doing it i don't care if it's dirty you're doing in in horse shit or you're doing uh what sean's doing in his 450 towing landscaping trailer i mean yeah, I think we can all agree. Come on. The worst truck to roll through that door is always the septic truck. Come on. <laughs> I hate when those things come through because they stink. Come on. I saw one the other day. Or a I grease tramp truck. <laughs> yeah, anything that has a pump on it, I get it. <laughs> well, here's, where, here's where I'm on a controversial side. It's like, I feel like if you're going to have like a DTE energy truck or whatever, and you're going to be pushing it, got a big boom on it and a bunch of equipment and gear. And guys are going to be driving it, pushing it hard to the limit. It's going to be idling a lot. It's going to be putting on tons of miles. This is where it gets a little controversial. But I say run the full synthetic. You know, put the full synthetic in that truck. You know, 5W4. They're not, they're not going to. They're looking at cost. Excuse and most of, them, most of them have ESP on their trucks anyway. So mm-hmm. if something happens to it, it's covered. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, eh. now I wonder if, see, like if you run the full synthetic, you still got to do the same intervals. So it is just more cost. But you, the only difference is the oil. It's not like you get a different filter. It's not like you get, I mean, how much more is a synthetic oil change? Here's how I look at it. What? This is going to be my end more. all. No, this is going to be my end all. I'm not going to argue about it anymore. The same reason I don't put synthetic in them is the same reason you shouldn't put premium in your car that only requires 87. No. Yep. I mean, not really. Your vehicle isn't going to knock on 87, so why would you put 93? Because you want it to gonna... Yeah, well, your vehicle's not... If your, your vehicle, vehicle doesn't require synthetic i don't see the point in doing it it's like if your vehicle doesn't require 93 93 doesn't how give you better fuel economy you, how can you say that a vehicle that's turbocharged and that's having this kind of pressure wouldn't benefit from a full synthetic oil when i feel like ford offers a cheaper maintenance package just to make the vehicle more appealing I full synthetic oils just well then, like why don't said, like why don't all say, why don't all the semis run full synthetic all the time? They maybe do. they do. A lot of a lot of I the mean, full, a lot of the semi guys run 
lot of the semi guys who are over the road from full synthetic and they limit their oil changes and do an oil analysis because their oil changes on those are pretty expensive. Yeah, I've heard of that before. They're, they're 14.7 liters. Well, when I was working on semis, I saw we had those cat 14.7 uh, liter engines, but the the oil changes were were pretty big oil changes. But those guys so are going like 40,000 oh, miles on an oil change. Right. They exactly. have so much, and they have crazy filtration. They do the 40,000 miles or more, but they're doing analysis and whatnot. There are, those trucks are kind of hard on oil and the filtration they are usually is going to, they're going to have uh, another level. Like the stock filtration is probably not that much different from what a super duty would have, but they probably run a, a auxiliary filter. You know, what do they call those filters? Bypass filter or something. If they're going to run oh. the extended, the extended intervals, know. but they save a lot of money by doing the analysis and pushing their oil changes because they do so many miles. I would think when you're seeing these turbo failures, there's, there's so much heat involved in a turbocharged vehicle. It's in Ford's interest to have a cheaper Box. maintenance package. But maybe that cheaper maintenance package is not the best for something that's worked that hard. Right, but you can even, you can provide, uh, you can give it to them for free. That does not mean they're, they're going to bring it in. Well, it almost have to be like some kind of side-by-side comparison to really know. Like who's actually – there's no big company that's actually running the full synthetic, and we're like, well, we never see failures on the full synthetic vehicles. Most people are just running the blend. How many failures – but if you see a failure, you don't necessarily know what, what – I mean, I guess you do. Kind of know. Maybe I'm just not seeing the trucks in that – have full synthetic in them because they don't break i don't know i mean that too and they're not but they're not running it as often either do you think do you think out of the repairs that you do like if if you were to take last year this year 2020 out of all the trucks that you've worked on in 2020 do you think the more of them have been pickup or do you think more of them have been cab chassis oh dude cabin chassis ever since i think well i don't know I, I, it's solely based on our area too, though. And the work because, they're doing there. They're and, actually, and like, I think I'm not going to actually work that. I think like wherever we are, we have the largest, most capable shop of doing it. But I think that's a contributing factor. I can feel you. Cause I think like, there's a lot of dealers that just can't, they can't handle a cabin chassis truck. They don't have the equipment for it or they don't have the right, space. Right. Yeah. But or yeah, even to take in so the configuration it has on the back or, or something. Right. Or they, they don't have anywhere up, to you know? they don't have anywhere to park it. Right. We can't even get this thing in our lot. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, a majority of our work is I don't I don't know if it's 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30. It seems like it goes in spurts, but I'd say a lot of the work we do is commercial truck, cabin chassis, econo line cutaway, that kind of work. My thing on the synthetic oil is I watch good old project farms, and it's weird that you can see a measurable difference just between all the different, not only just oils, but different brands of synthetic oil with very basic equipment. I'm not talking like multi-million dollar lab. I'm talking about like this guy's got a piece of metal spinning against another piece of metal. I've seen measuring. Yeah, he's measuring how much wear. You can actually see the difference between Pennzoil, between Mobile One, between Schaefer's. There is a difference here. If you run a conventional oil for wear, I'm not. Like, I'm not denying that there's a difference or anything. It's just well, not the, only the wear. They not engineered only, the vehicle because it needs somewhere no, along but, the line. They would have been not only like, not only this the thing wear, needs synthetic oil. Not only the, the wear, not only the wear, but the heat, the ability to handle heat. It's much better on a synthetic oil. 
the flow of the oil after it's been cooked for a while is still good with the synthetic where the conventionals don't flow good after they've been heated up. I thought up. that was a good video that he made, just like you were saying, doing like a, a comparison by all. Well, all well he's, and... he's tested pretty much like 80 to 90% of the oils on the market and then even some diesel oils. But time and time again, even basic tests like that, you show in the cook oil and it's froze. It's doing a freeze test. We're seeing how it flows. Dude, I guess another huge... thing that I I guess I kind of question with running synth- full synthetic is how much really is it going to matter in a diesel once you consider how much contamination it's going to get from soot? That's a good point. What's going to black soon if you were to, well, it's not, you were to do it's always going to it's always going to look black, so. Well, that's what I'm saying, but it's still going to have soot in it. So like it... is there an advantage over a a, a dis- is there a reason why they're using synthetic versus the soot the soot the soot is so fine that it colors the oil dark but it's it's still going to require you to change the oil at the same interval and all that but it's so fine that it's not really uh too much of an issue for wear right yeah i'm getting uh, getting sick of talking about oil a soot particle is how let's talk about suspension you want to talk about suspension let's talk about suspension before we go to that, I'll recommend running full synthetic. That's it. My vote about, is run what's what about, on the cap. What about oh, full synthetics on the cap? It says you can run it right on a cap, doesn't it? Doesn't it say five W thirty or five W forty for severe use? It also says ten thirty for severe use. Or ten thirty. I'm sorry. Don't do they have a ten thirty synthetic and a five forty synthetic? I don't know. I don't know. I know the 5W40 is the full synthetic, and that's what they run in the transits. What do you want to talk about suspension? Some people were asking about lift kits and leveling. Which brings up a very good point of buying. If you're going, I'm going to say if you're going to get a leveling kit, Make sure it comes with the associated bracketry or pitman arms to keep your geometry correct so that you're not binding or wearing out components. Because I'll see a lot of people that get a leveling kit and they're like, hey, why is my axle offset to the left now? And the brake line bracket drops so that your brake lines are being pulled like freaking rubber bands. After or your yeah. ABS wires. Well, yeah, I guess those two. Or your vacuum lines. Will Will a leveling kit throw your center of steering off a little bit? Yes. Yeah, my my center of steering is off a little bit on my 250, but I've been plowing for a couple years. Yeah, I mean, you're going to wear stuff out when you're plowing. That's just the yeah. nature of the beast because you're turning the wheel a lot more. Or It seems like I've pulled that front end down just a little bit from that heavy plow um really but my my full recommendation is if you're going to get a leveling kit make sure it has a pitman arm drop bracket that keeps the same geometry so you can keep your axle all square and good and then you might want to get a pitman arm that drops more just so you're not wearing out drag link ends one question that i have for you as far as suspension is can you upgrade your stabilizer shock or whatever you would call that oh most definitely yeah yeah they have dual what stabilizer would be kits the best and will that help a little bit the, the 450 wanders a little bit that's that's honestly going to come from the fact that you're running a what 10 ply heavy truck tire and yeah. they're much more narrower yeah so it's going to grab the groove in the road it's just going to and because your front what is it? Your track width, right? That's the wide track. Yeah. Super extra wide. Yeah. But yeah. because of your track width in the front, it's just naturally going to want to grab whatever groove is in the road. It's not, that part's not too terribly bad. It's even when you hit the smooth asphalt, it's kind of, I've gotten used to it, but it's kind I think, of, uh, you've got to really pay attention. I like think when can't... I pulled your truck out of the shop compared to pulling my truck out of the shop, like you're, 
like turning your front end and just hitting your steering wheels. Like I can it definitely whi- tell it, it, it whips. It, it definitely, dude, whips. definitely whips. So yeah. once I finally got a truck that had the electric assist. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Why? No, no. I've got, it uh, doesn't adaptive. feel natural to me. It feels I've got adaptive. So... I've got adaptive steering too. It feels like I'm playing like an arcade game. <laughs> like the steering just doesn't feel there's. It, I don't feel like I'm getting any feedback in the wheel. Really? It just feels very electronic to me. That's funny. But this one was also a. a this was a 2020 Tremor that had trailer, oh. you know, backup assist and everything on it. So it had the the motor in it and I just wasn't feeling it because hmm. it wasn't like, you know, you'll get in some trucks and it's either because they have a lot of weight in the back or they just take care of it where you can literally just sit there with one finger and spin the wheel real easy, but you have mm-hmm. good feedback. This was like, I didn't even have to touch it. And the wheel was like, <laughs> well, then I'm driving it and I'm like, I really don't know how I feel about this. That's funny. Ain't like my six O. With the power steering. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I bet you got tons of feedback there. Well, Shoot. I mean, I'm just comparing it to all the other trucks I drive because it's like I've I probably drive other people's trucks more than I drive my own throughout you know the week. Oh yeah. But. Oh yeah. It is a. Uh, it it's, is. It, it's something the, uh... different that. I mean, I like it. I like electronic power steering and like my focus in like a passenger vehicle, but it's like in a truck, I want that, I want that, that feedback, you know, it's my, my four, my 450 still feels very truck, truckish. It's very trucky. Yeah. It's, it's pretty raw. I mean, it's like, it's not uncomfortable at all, but it's not refined. You know, it's not really that refined. My wife was looking at me like, oh boy, this thing is definitely driving like a truck. First mm-hmm. time she got in it. Well, was she riding with you in it today when you were with the spreader and shit? It is. Yeah. That's funny shit, dude. Well, <laughs> yeah. Have you filled your spreader up yet on your 450? I haven't even used it. No. I'm, I bet it probably actually rides better. He's like just load. waiting to use it. I don't know, man. You know, it's like just. Waiting. I almost wish I would have waited a year to do everything. Like no, this. you got all giddy. Yeah, I, I want to know what it's like to plow with it, but it's so slow, man. It's it's not snowing at all. Like it's not cold. So we'll see. You know, my one truck is fine. I could have been fine with just the one, but next year I'll be able to maybe bid on some new stuff. Uh, it's more for fun we got here we are coming up on the hour oh fluid film someone was asking tom jubb says how do you feel about fluid film with these aluminum bodies is fluid film enough for rust proofing i also live in michigan and worried about the amount of salt they use number one the body i wouldn't worry about fluid filming the aluminum body because it's aluminum so uh, what is fluid film going to do for aluminum? As far as uh, axles Gross. and everything, when I've used fluid film on metal components that are in the weather, uh, it 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 does add a, some level of protection. But I mean, the weather will wash it off. But if you're washing your truck off, you're going to be washing your fluid film off anyway. So, eh, I don't know. I think the most important. Other than like doing general maintenance, the most beneficial thing you can do with your truck, pending that it fits in a car wash, and especially during winter, if your state uses salt or calcium chloride or whatever they use, is get a underbody flush. Yeah, Every time I could see wash, that. Get an underbody yeah. flush. One thing that I realized that I'm missing on the underbody on my trucks is I'll spray the salt off pretty good, but underneath the bed, right between like the bed rails, between like right over the rear wheels, it's really difficult to spray that spot off. So you'll be looking at your underneath your truck in the summer and it'll still be salty because it's so hard to reach way under without like a 
like drive through uh, car wash because I gotta I gotta go to the spray station, the, you know the one where you gotta spray it off yourself and the coin car wash. Yeah, I mean luckily and, with the way we have our hoist set up at work, it's right by one one set of them we have is right by our wash rack. So if I do like but, a oil leak, I'll power wash the entire underside of people's trucks for them. But the new paint process that's on these frames right now, the e-coat on the frames, the aluminum bodies, the materials used. I've been plowing with my 19, two years now. It's holding up to the rust a lot better than my uh, 15 did. The frame still looks good. I haven't fluid filmed it. I haven't undercoated it. I haven't done anything. And it's been in salt and it's been salting parking lots for the last couple of years. And I just spray it off after every storm. I spray it off the best I can. Uh, before, if I, if I got to go to sleep and then spray it off, whatever. But, you know, I think one big thing that's not good if it warms up, like if you got a salty, dirty truck, then the next day it warms up and all that. that nasty. Nasty chemical reaction starts going at it. But other than that, you know, I keep a big rubber flap hanging on the backside of the truck so salt isn't blasting from the spreader to the bumper to the hitch. So I, I haven't had any issues. I think they're built and painted so good that if you just rinse them off, it'll probably be all right for, for a good while. Or at least power wash it off because power wash it off at a car wash. You know what I mean? That's that would probably be the key. Do either uh, someone said something about the Fuelly app? Have either of you used that to track uh, fuel? The what no. app? Fuelly. Never heard of that. It's an app where you can track your fill ups. So like where you got your fuel, how much you paid for it, and then you no, like you type in your odometer and everything. Mm-mm. And I think I it also little... show you like the best prices. I keep a little log book. I finally drained my fuel water fuel separator today to see like what would happen. Like what? Yeah, was come out. Nothing came out. It's just fuel. Cool. No water. That's good. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I know. Yeah. Don't, you don't want to see water, but if you but do, don't, that's what you're drink. don't let that be a excuse to not do it when you should. So do I got to still check it every month? Cause it's been two and 2000 miles and no, no water. Yeah. Yeah. I still drain it. Diesel fuel's a magnet. Month. Diesel fuel's a magnet. Yeah. Hydroscopic. Look it up. It's, I'm sure it's not that hydroscopic. It's not like brake fluid. That shit's not Oh, A-Rod, have you done a video on this? Someone was asking, did you already do a video on um, when you drain the fuel water separator, if you need to prime the system again? Uh, yeah, I've answered a bunch of questions, and I actually pinned one of those answers because it was a good comment and i felt that it was a repeated comment that needed to be answered and yes uh you do have to prime um the fuel system after you drain it because you are draining that housing and you need to prime it to get it filled back up uh so i do and would recommend uh priming it with the key cycle that i said with the deleted 2020 filters where you know you turn the key on uh 10 times for six seconds each time to you know purge that purge that back up but i mean i'm sure if you just waited until the fuel pump kicked off you know for a few times you should be good to go when i did mine i forgot to do that but I did not drain the whole filter either. I just like drained some out and then yeah. closed it up. I drained, I don't know, not very much. Yeah. You'd be so right. when you're checking, when you're checking your water, do you recommend getting like a glass jar, draining it and then sitting there letting the glass jar settle and then staring at it? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you, you know what I do with my container. That's really the precise thing to do is like get a clear container. Do you want to, do you, do you recommend draining the whole filter or do you just no, take you a just, sample? I take a sample. When I drain mine, I will. Go. I mean, you'll see. Like, if it's not green, then you'll know. And if you see green start, I just yeah. wait for a steady stream of green to come out. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like for me, it, it was just a steady stream of green came out right away. And I let it settle before. I didn't like just drive around and then do it. Like, it was settling for a couple of hours. So I, then I drained it. 
That's cool. You know? That's cool. And it was just fuel. But like, if you get contaminated fuel, you could get overwhelmed with so much water so fast. That yeah, you could. I mean, it depends on how long it's been sitting in the tank at the, at the wherever you fueled up. Like you could, I guess, yeah, you could pump a whole tank of water in. Yeah. I'd think you'd know something's up though. Oh, you'd, get yeah. light. you'd be like, why doesn't this smell like diesel right now? It usually smells like diesel. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, you know something's up, huh? You could pump a whole tank of water. But you can get overwhelmed with water. Like, you could have a quart of water in your fuel, and that would uh, that'll I mean, fill everything. Once it, that'll mess once everything it goes up. through the your primary filter, your frame-mounted filter, whatever filter you want to call it, yeah. I just, your whiff light's going to go off right away. Oh, and most definitely. You'd probably be like, whoa. Whoa, is it a big, something is it a going big, on here. Is it a big light? Is it like going to flash in front of you? Like, Yeah, it'll be on the infotainment, or not infotainment, the message it'll be on information the part. So at that point, you want to shut it down and go under there and see what the, what's going on. Yeah. See if you get water out and you can get back to fuel. Yeah, I had right the away, I huh? had the whiff light come on in my truck once, and yeah, there was a lot of water in there. Oh, wow. hey, you don't want to just run off that light and trust that light. You want to? No, because I mean, you I think A Rod did a video on it. If you yeah. look at the distance from the bottom of the. Uh, the cover, the cap, whatever it is on whatever model year your, you know, your vehicle is to where the electrodes are. It's a pretty considerable distance. I mean, you probably fit like, it's probably like what, four to six ounces of water you could have in there until it turns on. And the other thing is like, it's probably not going to turn on until like you were saying, your truck is settled and the fuel settles mm-hmm. and separated. Right, right. Wow. That'll actually probably be a good spot. I just wrote a note to pick up off and start number eight podcast with good maintenance practices, starting with fuel water and maybe elaborate more with the suspension and greasing and maybe what DS is going to plan to do as far as rotations, what I recommend to do as rotations and maybe even what, what Matt sees and does for rotations and just something that we, we three conjure together with just our expertise and knowledge and, and, and experience with these trucks and, and try to, um, uh, implement, you know, some good practices for you guys uh, who are starting off, whether it be uh, 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 a returning champ back with the Super Duty or you're new to the Super Duty game. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, we'll try not to over, I think, a good amount of info. Try not to overwhelm them too much. I think so. I but. think we all can do that, but I would like to sneak in some synthetic oil. I'm probably going to put that in my truck and we can add those. You know what? You can do whatever you want with your truck. (laughs) You know why, Sean? It's your truck. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for coming back and we'll catch you guys next time. See you.